Okay. Jesus, we just thank You for Your Word to us. Thank You for Your love, mercy, and goodness. And what we pray this morning is that You would say to us exactly what You have to say. And that You would give us ears to hear the things that, uh, that You would say. That we would receive them. God, by faith. God, that You break up the fallow ground in our hearts. God, and, and plant Your Word in us. And, and cause it to, to grow. Bring the increase and the fruitfulness as only You can do. In Your name we pray. God, organize my thoughts this morning. God, the, the things that You would bring forth. God, I pray it in Your holy name. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's go, go with me to Isaiah 54. So I hope your uh, week was as great as mine. You know you have a really good week when you're so worn out by Saturday you can't hardly get out of bed. My kids came in at like 1.30, came into my office and asked me, it's like, so are we going to the kids thing? And I was asleep. <laughs> and I was like, uh, Cynthia was still in her pajamas. I was like, I, I don't know. Ask your mom. So, I guess that's the sign of a week well spent because you're completely exhausted by the end of it. So, um, so Isaiah 54 is a really precious chapter, um, as they all are, of course. But um, this is a really interesting chapter. How he talks about talks about love and and restoration um, uh, and correction and and he kind of ties it all together uh, really nice and tidy uh, so I'll just start in verse one seems like no better place to start to sing O barren thou that didst not bear break forth into singing cry aloud thou that didst not prevail with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. And I love how God gives us that kind of perspective because we look at we look at the here and now, we look at the everyday, and we don't really think so much about um, about the uh, the spiritual things that, that go on because they're not so easily quantifiable, they're not so easy to see. You know, like my my job is all about numbers, and so everything that I do for good or for ill is all right there, quantifiable in numbers. And everybody gets to look at them. But with with spiritual things, it's not so easy to see, and and we have a tendency to want to plant seeds and dig them up immediately. And it's like it's like, are you grown yet? And uh, you know, I was actually I was talking with Rachel Friday night about. Uh, some of my guys that work for me and, and the stuff that they got going on in their life. And, um, and because I'd really like to see God do something in the in their lives. And, and uh, you know, of course, we talk to them and, and live in front of them and that kind of thing. Um, sometimes it's easy to just kind of think, well, this isn't really going anywhere. You know, you, it's like, how was your weekend? And they tell you what they did over the weekend. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> like, really? And uh, um, 
Uh, and so Rachel was encouraging me, though, and she said, you know, uh, there was a lot of people that, that Ron worked with on the police forces that like, years later they would contact and be like, hey, I just wanted you to know that I'm serving God today because of the example that you had. Like somebody even did their little contact us thing on the website. It's like, hey, if this is the Ron Riceley from wherever, McCook, Nebraska or whatever, I just wanted you to know I was, I'm serving God today. And it was somebody that really fought with him a lot. So... So it's really encouraging because, you know, we, we look at today and it doesn't look like anything is happening. But you really can't, you can't say that. You can't say for sure. I've certainly had plenty of practice with that at, uh, at the old folks' home. That's, uh, you know, uh, people that are either not quite all there or really drugged or both. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, it, it's kind of nice because I preach here and you guys are like, you know, nodding along or at least like staring at me like like I'm so going to catch you in the parking lot later. But, you know, um, gosh, you know, at, at the old folks home, it's like they just kind of stare and the, or or maybe you know, or, you know, they, they nod, go to sleep or they start having an argument about something else. But you know, Bobby's got some of the best stories about that ever. I won't go into that here, but because I will start laughing like a little girl. But anyway, so you know, we look at these things in our life like, oh, it's not going anywhere, you know, and 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 yet we we really can't say because um, uh, because God sees He sees the end and He sees all that stuff. Um, so in verse 2, he says, Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords. Strengthen thy stakes. You shall break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed. Neither shall you be confounded. You shall not be put to shame. You shall forget the shame of your youth. You shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more, for thy Maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. So, that's a precious thing because we all, I think, can relate to that. Uh, we all have those, those, that shame of our youth that we could look back to. And, uh, and it's precious because he says you'll forget it. Like you, you don't have to hang on to all that stuff and, and remember it. And uh, some people like they, you know, they they really live in the in the right now, or they're looking forward to the future. And then there's people that really like to reminisce, you know. And I love to reminisce. I love to, you know, it's like you remember that time that blah 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 blah, you know. And I guess it's because I like to hear my my own voice, and so I like to tell stories that everybody's already heard before. But it's like, yeah, Greg, I was there, but. I remember, you know, but it's precious because uh, because he says you'll forget the shame of your youth and not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore because God's going to be your husband, and so that's a precious thing. We, um, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes we get, uh, you know, we get hung up on the on the ashamed thing. We get hung up on the confounded thing, and. Um, and we have this tendency to want to uh, 
or maybe not want to, but to get get all caught up where we identify ourselves as that, as it's as like you know this you know, this thing in my life or this event or whatever that defines me, you know, and uh, you know, but if I was going to pick something out of here uh, to uh, out of what we've read thus far to to define me, it would be for thy maker is thy husband. Like, you know, so that's the thing that you want to identify with because it's easy to get, you know, read through the Bible and and um, forget, you know, why he's saying what he's saying or or who he's addressing and and think, oh no, it's like I'm I'm a big horrible person and terrible and 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 God hates my guts and it's like, well, no, you're, what, you're identifying with the wrong thing then. It's like no, no, for thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is His name, that Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall He be called. For the Lord has called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth when you were refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. So now it kind of goes into this, kind of changes the subject a bit, and he's talking about dealing with stuff. I was talking with my kids about this yesterday. It, it feels like you've been forsaken for a moment when you get in trouble, doesn't it? Like, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, well, here's the thing. You know, when I, you know, when you get in trouble, it's like, you know that I still love you, even though I'm obviously not happy with what's going on right now. And so after we get everything all dealt with, it's like we move on down the road, and how do you feel? <laughs> Jeremy's like, much better. Like, yeah, see, exactly. So um, so it's, it's, it's a real encouragement because he says, for a small moment of forsaken me, but with great mercies will gather you. And, and this word mercies uh, is, uh, is translated as like loving kindness, um, uh, like age enduring love, all kinds of different things, kind of depending on where you look at it from and what translation it is. Uh, so it's a it's a, a word that has a really pretty broad scope of, of what it means. And uh, and I like that he says that I'll gather you because sometimes you just feel like you need to be gathered up, and and just, uh, nothing like having a. Having somebody wrap their arms around you and just kind of gather you up, and then you you know use their shoulder for a Kleenex for a while, and uh, so uh, for a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. And again, we really don't like that. It's like he hid his face from me. There's nothing like, you know, when somebody's not happy with you and uh, you try and talk to them about it and it feels like they're avoiding you or, or you know that you're going to need to talk to them about it, but you can have like the, this countenance like a storm cloud. <laughs> it's like, oh man, no, that's no fun. And, and God, But God knows that that's a good learning experience for us. It's like, wow, so I... I'd rather not have him do that. I, I don't like it when he hides his face from me. You know, um, I don't know. I just, it's, 
I remember all the uh, when we were in our early 20s, all the fights that Cynthia and I had. She would just kind of turn her head away and look out the window. A little hair would fall across her face. And it was like, oh, dang it. Because it was always my fault. But <laughs> more on that later. No. But, um, no, I, I could tell you all kinds of stories. You know, the funny thing was, um, you know, we, we never uh, had a single argument when we were dating. Not one. I don't remember a single, like, unhappy moment. And... Uh, and then it was like we got married, and it was like, all right, now it's you know, throw off the boxing gloves, and <laughs> like this, we're going bare knuckled for ten rounds here, you know. And uh, it's an interesting experience because if you're going to uh, become one flesh with somebody else, you're probably going to have to get a bit cut up so that you can get all that. You know, have you ever like done sculpting with clay? And you're gonna like you know you're making like a little turtle, and so if you're gonna put the leg on there, you take a little toothpick or something and you crosshatch on on the leg where you're gonna put it. You gotta get kind of make a rough surface there, and, and then then you stick it on there. That's what getting married is like. <laughs> I mean, it's really great, and it's totally worth it. But there are those moments where it's like, ow, ow, ow. You know, it's like, why do you have this big crosshatched thing on your chest? It's like, well, I, you know, I'm trying to stick my heart to her heart, and it hurts. So, no, um, no, but you know, nobody likes that sense of someone avoiding, avoiding you because they're upset, you know, and 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 so I like that God says, in the little wrath, I hid my face for a moment. I mean, and a moment in that kind of moment feels like a really long moment. feels like more than a moment. And I like that he says moment because there's no, you know, you can't quantify a moment. A moment could be ten seconds. A moment could be like ten minutes. It's like I was having a moment. I've had moments that lasted for days before. (laughs) So... I've, there's, Mike and I have both had plenty of moments at the office where he's you get off the phone and you just put the phone down on the desk and just having a moment, you know. So that happens. But he says that you know, so so I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I, will I have mercy on me? Same word that from before about the mercies. I'll have mercy on you, saith the Lord your Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn I would not be wroth with you nor rebuke you. And I read that yesterday, and it was really kind of arresting to me. I thought, huh, it's like the waters of Noah. What does he mean by that? Uh, uh, and of course he explains, like, because I swore that the waters of Noah would no more go over the earth, so I have sworn I wouldn't be wroth with you nor rebuke you. But uh, and and so on the surface, it's like, oh, that's so wonderful. And it's like he's not going to be mad at me. He's not going to get on to me about anything. It's like, well, but then you have to take. Well, I know what God is. I know God's character, and I know what His Word says. So that there has to be something more to it than that. And the thing with the the waters of Noah 
is God said that He was going to destroy flesh because it the the imagination of its heart was only evil continually, and um, so God brought these this flood on the earth and destroyed all flesh, and said so He destroyed every living thing which was the breath of life, except for Noah and his family, because they got in the ark. And of course, the ark was pitched within and without the pitch, which we know is atonement. It's the same word it uses for atonement in the Old Testament. And so, we have this this hiding place for our spirit in Him. Um, and so, I think it's awesome because He talks about you know you know I love you and I'm your husband and we take care of you and everything is going to be glorious, but we're going to have to deal with some flesh. We're gonna to have to get rid of some stuff. It's like it's like when you're standing at the altar, you know, and, and you're perfect, and you put the ring on her finger, and she says, "I do." Now some things have got to change around here. <laughs> Just kidding. I made that up. Cynthia's not at all like that. Totally kidding. But uh, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> but so it's you know so God does indeed work with us, and 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 he, we go through this flood kind of thing in our life where. We go through things that that um, it brings destruction to our flesh, it brings destruction to the to the that flesh nature, uh, and all the while, of course, our, our spirit is is safely shut in, just like just like Noah and his family. The Bible says that that Noah and his family went into the ark and God shut him in. And, um, it's like getting on a roller coaster because. You're, you know, you're, you're kind of having this conversation with yourself. Why, you know, how did I get talked into this? What am I thinking? Apparently, I wasn't. And then that little, that little thing clicks down on you, and there's, you're kind of stuck. You're shut in, you know. And then you take off going up that hill, and there's all this anticipation building of, what did I get myself into? But it's way too late to get off now. And then. While you're upside down and and uh, you know going 70 miles an hour and and all that stuff, you're shut in. I mean, obviously there is a small chance that you could like fly out and die, but it's it's <laughs> it's pretty pretty slim, pretty slim. So then, in fact, you know they even do stuff like we went on this one last year where it. It goes like the track actually comes around and goes through all of the the supports and stuff for one of the big hills. So you go through like this little opening, and it totally looks like it's going to take your head off. When, and and, uh, and so you're coming towards it. And but you know, I'm thinking, okay, so this they you know obviously people have already ridden this and not died, so it's gonna be okay. So. Sometimes our relationship with God is like that because He He's like, okay, so we're going to deal with this thing, and 
and you're, and and you know you love him and you you want to be pleasing to him. You're like, okay, yes, let's deal with this. And then you're shut in on the roller coaster, and and it becomes scary and difficult. But the great thing is, is you can't get off. You're just you're gonna have to just ride it till it's over. And the great thing is, is when you get to the other end, then what you know whatever you lost, you know whatever the thing was that God was getting rid of, He gets rid of it. So, um, so I like this because He says, "This is the waters of Noah to me." For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. And the other thing that he swore about not, he said, I'm not going to destroy everything with a flood again. So, so we have this assurance. It's like, okay, so he's going to deal with stuff in my life, but he's not going to destroy me. Um, and I like that he says that he wouldn't be wroth nor rebuke thee. Now, this word wroth is a really interesting word. It literally means to break. And uh, the the way that they used it in, in the Hebrew was like being angry, spe- more specifically being angry about a failure to to perform something the way it was supposed to be performed. And so, so if he's not going to be upset that you didn't perform something the way that you were supposed to, that would you could infer from that that you must have done it the way he was going to have you do it. And, uh, and of course, rebuke. Uh, nobody likes getting rebuked. And that's a nice, uh, straightforward word. This means just what you'd think it means. Like, hey, didst thou say that unto me? You know. And, uh, if you're uncomfortable, you could use a British accent when you say it. That, that, seems, to, that seems to kind of smooth it down for some people. But uh, but no seriously, um, he's he's talking about fixing things in our life, and sometimes it feels like destruction. And we we've, we've all been in those places in our life where, as listening to the song on the way here, where he says your your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. And it and we've all been in places that feel just like that, where it's you couldn't you can't see how this could possibly work right or 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 how God could fix this or or you know whatever it might be but the thing about the the waters of Noah is is God got it done there there was no no amount of cleverness could circumvent the plan of God so he got he got done with what he wanted to get done so he says for the uh, mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that has mercy on me. Excuse me. So that's a blessing. Because, of course, you know, he said that, that heaven, the heavens and the earth would pass away, but his word would never pass away. And so he has this covenant of peace that he makes with us. And... Uh, and, it, and it's a real blessing. And there's nothing like having an issue settled to bring peace. I don't know how many times Cynthia and I had one of those knockdown drag outs in our early 20s and you know, I'd show up hat in hand and, my bad, sorry. you know, And and then you move on. And and springtime returns to Narnia. And, and you know, life is good again. 
So, uh, you know, when when God deals with an issue in our life, it's just as upsetting at first, and and yet we we come through that. You know, when when we when we hear what He has to say and and surrender to what He has to say and and let Him do what He's doing, it really does bring this peace and this victory that 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 hanging on to it and and fussing could never bring. So he says, O thou afflicted, and tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and thy foundations with sapphires. Now make thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all of thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Um, I was talking to my kids about this yesterday. It's like, so... Um, you know, part of being a, a parent is training you guys to follow the rules, and you know the, the rules are there for a reason, of course, because if you inconvenience me, then we're going to have to do something about it. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, um, but no, uh, you know, I I told them it's like you know the reason that we have consequences. And the reason that we have to deal with issues is because otherwise, when you get older, the police will have to do it. And that's no good. You don't want that. And uh, and so, uh, you know, and I was like, and you guys are all different. It's like, you know, uh, you know Jeremy doesn't take a whole lot of pressure to get him to uh, do the, you know, follow the rules. Uh, you know, uh, Levi took a little more pressure to get there, but he, you know, now it's like all I got to do is just say something, and that's enough. And, and of course, Zoe's like, it's like, well, she's, he's like, well, you think you get more spankings than everybody else? That's just because you weren't there. Because <laughs> I told him there's 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 three ways that you can learn something. Um, that, that you can learn to follow the rules. You can learn by simply listening to what the rules are. In this case, listening to what the Word of God says. You can listen to it, heed it, and apply it. That's, that's, the, that's the easiest way to learn something. Second way is you can observe what happens when other people don't. You know, I was like, you know, mom was the baby in the family, so she got to watch everybody else uh, get, get whoopings and thought, you know what? I'm not going to do that. So, you know, when you're not the oldest, you have this advantage there because you, you have you have a trailblazer to show you what not to do. See, I kind of missed out there because I didn't, I didn't have anybody to teach behind me or anybody to go in front of me. It's just all on my own. I couldn't break anything and blame it on someone else when I was growing up. There was no one else to break it. So you can learn that way. And that's a great way to develop a healthy fear of God and fear of, of consequence. And thirdly, uh, it works probably better than anything else, but it, don't really want to go that route if you can help it, is actually breaking the rules yourself and finding out what happens. And, uh, you know, and some personalities are just like that. You know, I've always had one of those kind of by the book personalities. I don't like to break the rules. I don't like to make waves. And uh, you know, some people are like, I wonder what happens if I do this. <laughs> it's like, 
know, what if I go up to my brother's like, I'm not touching you. <laughs> you know, this is way worse than getting poked, you know, and uh, <laughs> but we can so the, we can learn in all of those ways, and we we learn to obey the word of God the same way, the same way that we learn to follow the rules at home, the same way you learn to follow the rules at school. We learn to, to obey the word of God that same way. And he says that your children should be taught of the Lord, and great should be the peace of your children. So coming into that place of uh, having learned these things, it really does bring peace. You know, like we've always talked about, you know, the Ten Commandments don't ruin the party. They keep the party fun and safe for everybody. So he says, in righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression. You shall not fear and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. But they, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. And whosoever shall gather against thee shall fall for thy sake. So when you're going the right direction, and and you're you know, this, and this is one of those things that the the church at large has really missed the point on. It's like, well, if I'm doing everything right, or if, you know, if I'm if God is happy with me and the things that I'm doing, then surely everything should be ice cream and cake and rainbows, right? Like, well, not so much, because then. Uh, because the adversary is going to want to throw you off from that if you're uh if you're just kind of you know you know if if the devil's not too unhappy with the way you're living then he doesn't really have any reason to bother you and and try and push you off uh because the best thing for him is to have you think that you're doing well and and totally be off base and not listening to the things that God says because that's the most dangerous place to be uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a really interesting book that, that kind of talked about that. Um, if you ever had like kind of a long afternoon, The Screw Tape Letters is a really interesting book. Um, I read it, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, and I was reading along through this book because it's the it's correspondence between these two unclean spirits, and and this and this one is like reporting back to his superior about how he's. This, he has this uh, subject, this patient or whatever that he's supposed to be coming after, and, and of course, you know everything is going fine, and then his subject becomes a Christian, and he's and now he's trying to fight against this this Christian thing that's going on in his life, and doing everything he can to deceive him and derail him and all this stuff, and of course he doesn't it doesn't work, but um, so it's a really interesting read, but. Uh, I remember reading it, thinking, "Yeah, I, that totally happened to me," you know, and and that kind of thing. Um, so, um, but when uh, uh, this is a really interesting passage, because he said in fifteen, "They shall gather together, but not by me; and whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake." And then he says, "Behold, I have created the smith that blows the coals in the fire." that brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. So, kind of goes back to the, the waters of Noah, doesn't it? Like, I've, I've created the waster to destroy. So, that also takes us back to those consequence things that happen where, um, you know, Mark Rutland tells this great story uh, about how sometimes we just get 
we get in a place where we make bad decisions and we think that we're under some kind of attack from the from the enemy. And he's like, it's not a satanic attack, it's a stupid attack. <laughs> he's like, just now just hold up your hands by the side of your head and look in the mirror and go, Ee-aw! He's like, don't you feel better now? And I love it, love it. Because we've all done that. I've done it, and that's what makes it so dang funny. But um, so, but there are those things where uh, uh, where God uses the he he does use the waster to to fight against things in your life. The most obvious example I could think of would be Babylon coming against Israel, taking Jerusalem, and carrying them off uh, into captivity. Because they they just wouldn't listen to the things that he had to say. Um, so um, at first glance, it kind of seems like uh, verse 15 and 16 are kind of contrary to one another. Because he says that they'll gather together, but not by me. His servers shall gather together against thee; shall fall for thy sake. And then he says, I've created the smith that blows the coals in the fire that brings forth an instrument for his work, and I've created the waster to destroy. So he so he does both of those things in our life. Uh, and then he says here in verse 17, and you guys probably all know this verse, uh, probably have it on a coffee mug or something somewhere. It says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And uh, wow, I actually had more to say than I thought I would. Um, This is a really interesting verse because uh, there's a difference, of course, between a weapon that's formed against you and a weapon that's formed to do something to you, something that God is going to use to do something in your life. And uh, and so if if it's something where the enemy is coming after you then you can count on God straightening out the issues and, and coming to your defense. If it's something where God is saying this thing needs to stop, if it's like the angel of the Lord standing in front of Balaam and the donkey, yeah. then you want to you want to hear what he has to say and surrender to it. And he says, Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment you shall condemn. And uh, So, of course, you know, this word judgment, this is exactly what we would think of as judgment. It's not good or bad, it's just it's a verdict. It's like this is this is my judgment on this matter. And so he says that every tongue that rises against you in judgment finds fault and and, and all that. It says you shall condemn. Um, and condemn is a really good word. Uh, you could boil it down into something a little more basic and it means that uh that you'll prove them wrong or that you'll say that they're wrong. And so um, he says that the heritage, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And so I've always liked this verse because we all have an adversary that wants to pick at us and, and bring false accusations and all those kinds of things in there. We all have to sort through all that stuff. And, um, and of course, it's a blessing to be able to uh, shout that stuff down and tell it, no, that's not right, you know, because I know better and all that. Um, and so, and that is certainly, certainly true, and that's certainly what this verse is talking about. But there's also this other side to it about 
um, well, what is what is the the tongue that's that's coming against me in judgment saying? Is it is it something that God is actually telling me? And that's where it gets kind of tricky because sometimes we we have this tendency to just nope nope God's God's on my team which he is and and I'm right. It's, it's human nature to always assume that you're right. And of course we all know what assuming does, but. Um, the thing is, is you have to, you have to really hear what it is that God says, and uh, so it's the, because the last thing you want to do is have God talking to you about something that needs changed, and you say, "Nope, that's not right. Like that's that's wrong. That's not God," uh, because then. Then you're you're right back at this place of it's like okay now it's time for the waters of Noah to come in and and get rid of this this sense of, of self righteousness or, or whatever it is that has you know made me think that I could do these things and so um, so this is a really precious chapter um, and it's it's really interesting because he he. I love how when God has something really serious to say, he he's like he says, "Hey, come sit on my lap," you know, and you, you sit on his lap, and you know, and he snuggles with you and ruffles your hair, and tells you how much he loves you and how he's gonna make things right in your life. He's like, "So here's this thing that we're gonna talk about," and 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 he he's a genius because he 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 primes you to hear it gets you ready to to accept it and he and he wants you to understand that I'm I'm saying this like this thing is going to have to change and and I I'm going to fix it as long as you're going to cooperate with me here we're going to fix it but I want you to understand that I'm putting this in the context of how much I love you and and how much uh I'm invested in in making sure that your life turns out right making sure that you uh become what I want you to become because I know that's that's the whole reason you're here. I know that you started out wanting that very thing, and and you never thought that you'd get in this place that you're in now. You never thought that you'd be in this, and this uh, that you'd have this issue. I mean, we've all had those moments where where it's like I cannot believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that was even in there. The great thing is, is God's of course not surprised by it. And, and he knows how to deal with it and to, to get rid of the stuff and fix it. The thing that I like about him saying that this is like the waters of Noah to me is is that that job was complete. He, he really left nothing there. So if you weren't in the ark, you didn't make it. And, and so that is a really, really great thing. So God knows how to preserve those things that need preserved because he's going to preserve you. you know? and, but uh, that's the great thing about the fire is it gets rid of all the stuff that can burn, but it leaves it leaves the stuff that doesn't. So, so that's a precious thing. So Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. And we just pray that you would do these things in our life. Uh, God, we, uh, we all want to be exactly what you would have us to be. We want to be in complete surrender to you, God, in obedience to your word. God, we just pray that you would do in us what only you could. 
God, that You would examine our hearts with the searchlight of Your presence. God, look through us. God, just like uh, You looked through John on the Isle of Patmos. God, and uh, what we pray, God, is that uh, everything in us that, that falls short of, of what You are and what You have uh, ordained for our life, God, uh, would that we would make it available to you to to get rid of, to to destroy God just like the the waters of Noah. God, we pray it and ask it in your righteous holy name. God, that you would do in us these things, and that you would uh, cause us to hear clearly the things that you're saying. God, to to understand your voice, to to fear you, and to obey your word. God, we pray it and ask it in your righteous holy name. Amen. Amen.